Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. This is Heart for the House Week 3 and we have rightly named this month heart for the house not head for the house this is not something we want you to overthink we have not called this money for the house this is not a money grab this is really an opportunity for us to gather together as a church and to push the reset button on our heart all of us have a heart but the question is what is the condition of our heart and if you're anything like me uh, and most of you would be uh, I tend to drift. My heart tends to get affected just by the world in which we live. And so it can get hard, it can get cynical, it can get hurt, it can get bitter, it can get all sorts of things. And this particular month is an opportunity to push the reset button of our heart. And uh, I want you to know there is a leadership team in place that really does have a heart for the things of God and they have a heart for you as the church and they love you dearly. And on behalf of all of our deep departmental leaders and all of our leadership team, uh, they love you, they really do, and they pray for you and they care for you and they want the very, very best for you. So this is not a money grab, this is really an opportunity for us just to push the reset button on our heart because everything starts in the heart. Amen? Over the last few weeks, we've looked at a few things that Jesus did and his example that he left us and the challenge that he brings to us and the challenge we've allowed God to bring to our heart. And week number one, we looked at um, the fact that we must feel like Jesus feels. We must prioritise what Jesus prioritised. We must do what Jesus did. And then last week we looked at we must carry what Jesus carried, we must pay the price that Jesus paid, and we must expect what Jesus expected. And I've said this every week, that if we are to change the world around us, the world within us must first be changed. Having said all that, I want us to turn in our Bibles, if you have them, if not, look up on the screen, Matthew chapter 16, it's one of my go-to verses, it's one of my favourite verses, Matthew chapter 16, it is Jesus speaking, he's gathered the disciples together and he's got a very important question to ask his disciples as I'm asking you this morning. And in verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say that you're John the Baptist. I imagine Jesus at this moment going, hmm, interesting. Did you read the Bible like that? Just see it kind of in picture form? I just see Jesus going, oh, that's interesting, John the Baptist. Okay, anything else? And they went on to say, the others say that you're Elijah. Oh, very interesting. John the Baptist and Elijah. And some say others. One said, Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And I imagine at that moment, like in our classroom days, when the teacher asks you a question, there's dead silence. Then it says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God, Jesus replied. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
I only want to bring one question to you this morning. The last two weeks we've brought three. Today I only really want to bring one question and it is this. Are we willing in our hearts to build that which Jesus is building? Are we willing to be a company of people that are willing to build what Jesus is building? Some of you might say, yeah, what is Jesus building? Well, Jesus answers that question categorically in Matthew chapter 16, the verse that we have just read. He said to his disciples, and he declares loudly today that I will build my church. The thing that Jesus is building today is his church. It's the only thing that Jesus is building today. On this earth is his church. He's not building Christian organisations. He's not building religious institutions. He's not building Christian businesses. He's not building your family. He's building his church. Now, having said that, I'm not against all those other things, but all those other things need to be in place and established to build the church. God does love your family, wants to build your family, but He wants your family to be part of the church, part of the solution, part of the answer, not part of the problem. The only thing that Jesus is building the earth today is His church. And if that's the only thing that He's building, that suggests that it's His priority. And we have to ask ourselves, is it our priority? Are the priorities of ours the same as the priorities of Christ? Jesus is building His church. Not only is it the only thing He's building, it's the only thing He's coming back for. Jesus will leave the splendour of heaven one more time and He will do it to come back for His church. He's not coming back for businesses. He's not coming back for your home. He's not coming back for your swimming pool. He's certainly not coming back for your pets. He's coming back for His church. Everyone say church. Jesus is coming back for His church. It's the only thing He's building the earth today. It's His church, which suggests to me it is the most important thing on the planet. It's the hope of humanity, the hope of this world, and it's found in His church. The second thing that Jesus says about Him building His church is this. He wants to build His church, granted, but He wants to build His church through you. He wants to build His church through me. He looked at Peter some 2,000 years ago and he says, it's on you, Peter, that I'm gonna build my church. And I wanna say, church, it's on us. Victory Church 2016, that God wants to build and establish His church and all that is in heaven would be loosed on earth through the church, through you, through me. And that is us being the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we may go and be the church wherever we go. Amen. He chose Peter as an instrument to build his church. He always uses people to accomplish his purpose. Kingdom purpose advances when there is a fusion of God's will and our willingness. Oh, you've got to get this. I'll say it one more time. Kingdom purpose advances when there is a fusion of God's will and our willingness. In other words, God's biggest challenge is not the enemy. It's not Satan. It's not the devil. It is you and me. His biggest challenge is the willingness of his people to walk alongside and help him establish his church on planet earth. Our mission statement as a church is simply this, that we exist as a church to connect people. Everyone say people. We exist for people to connect people to God, to His church and to their purpose. And in order for that to happen, there are certain values that we 
uphold, certain values that are near and dear to us. And I wanna go through a few of them with you just to remind you not only of our mission, but of our values. And what makes our values our values are that they are valuable to us, that they are important to us. And uh, one of the values that we have that is near and dear to our heart is evangelism. Everyone say evangelism. Evangelism is simply this. This is, this is our statement of faith when it comes to evangelism. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ because we believe that to reach people no one's reaching, we need to do things that no one's doing. Yeah, and this has been in our heart for many, many years. And even when we were a lot smaller, we did crazy things. I remember putting on a production around the times of Austin Powers, that movie came out. And we thought, how can we be relevant to the community? What can we put on in order to reach the people we're trying to reach, the kind of people that the church isn't normally reaching? I know, let's take a secular film that is number one back in the day and let's make a production around that. And so we created a production that wasn't called Austin Powers, the guy who, whatever. <laughs> we called it Awesome Powers, the guy who saved me. And it was like, what on earth would you want to do that for? And it upset some of the religious establishment. It upset some of the religious people. It's upset some of those who just want a little bit of church on Sunday. But I'm telling you, people from our community, our family and friends came and were just blown away and said, I didn't know churches did things like that. And I said, well, nor did I. We just, we're just learning as we go. More recently, we've done an event called The Bloke. And, uh, you know, beer, burger and boxing is not something the church is familiar with, but we just thought we'd put ourselves out there not to please a religious establishment, to reach those that are far from God. And in order to reach those that are far from God, you've got to do things that others aren't doing. And so that's in the core and the DNA of our church because it's a value of ours. Evangelism is a value of ours. And so the next time you're sitting there thinking you don't like this or you don't like that, think about it in the context of our values. And our values is not to please you, it's to reach the lost, amen? And so that's number one. You can clap, it's all right. A second value of ours is faith. We will think big, we will risk it all and we will not insult God with small thinking and safe living because we believe that what is impossible for man is possible with God. Am I in the right place this morning? Another value of ours is serving. We will be spiritual contributors rather than spiritual consumers because we believe the church does not exist for us. No, we are the church and we exist for others. And that's why it's in my heart that every one of us who is not presently serving for whatever reason, no condemnation, but now's the time, church, when we understand it's a value of ours. We want people actively serving and being involved because it's about becoming like Christ. Uh, another value would be generosity. We will lead the way with a rational generosity because we believe it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And number five, Excellence. We will give our best at all times and in all things because we believe if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing well. 
I had that drummed in me as a kid. I worked for my dad. I didn't just live in his home, but I, I worked for my dad. And my dad had the work ethic that if you did everything of a certain standard and you finish work a little bit earlier, then you can go to the beach, you can go to the gym, or you can go play with your mates or do whatever it is that you want to do. That sounded like a good deal to me. But on occasions, my work wasn't up to par and I would quickly do the job and say, hey dad, uh, is it ready? Can I go? And he'd look at it and he'd say, he'd always ask me this question, is that the best you can do? Have you given your absolute best today? And I hated that question. (laughs) And I'd look at the work and think, nah, I could probably do better. He says, well, get that rubbish off, start again and work back late and do the job well. Because if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. So if you think my expectation is just a little bit high, you can blame my dad. It's just been drummed into me. If a job's worth doing, church, if church is worth doing, if it's worth gathering together, it's worth doing well. I believe in a spirit of excellence and a spirit of excellence is not equals dollars and cents. It equals attitude. It's us doing the best we can with what we have. That's what excellence is. And I'm trusting that you're being stirred and motivated this morning that you may embrace these values because this is what drives our church. We're not gonna fulfill the mission with these values being violated. If evangelism and faith and generosity and excellence and service is not important to you, we're not gonna fulfill the mission and the mandate that God has for us as a church. Values need to be outworked. My question I have for us This morning is simply this. Do you have room in your heart to build the Father's house? It's as simple as that, church. Do we have room in our heart to build the Father's house? And in order to answer that, it takes, firstly, consideration. It takes consideration. The dictionary definition of consideration simply means careful thought over a period of time. In other words, we can't be driven by emotion alone. We need to consider what we've heard over these last few weeks. But I believe the starting place when it comes to our consideration is consider Jesus. Before Jesus asked Peter to build the church, he asked the question, who do you say that I am? He wanted them to consider who he was. And I, I really do believe The reason some people give their life passionately to Christ and then over a period of time and over years, we stop serving and we're not as passionate and we're not as generous and things don't matter anymore because we don't consider Christ the way we used to consider Christ. We've lost the awe and we've lost the wonder. And when you lose the awe and the wonder, you're not gonna follow through on your commitment and statements of faith that you made when you were first and newly saved. Consider Jesus. Consider who he is. Jesus said to the disciples, who do you say that I am? I'm asking you this morning, who do you say that Jesus is? Do you know what he's done for you? We need to consider not only who he is, but what he's done for us. Do you know where we'd be without Jesus in our life? See, the goal at the end of the day for every Christian should be this, that we become more like Christ. That's the goal for me. My goal is not to be a great husband. My goal is not to be a great parent. My goal is not to be a great church leader. 
My goal, the goal of my faith is Jesus Christ himself. I want to become more like Christ. And I want to study him and I want to get to know him. I want to know his word. I want to know his will. I want to know his ways. And I want to become more like him. And this I know, if I become more like him, guess what? I'll be a better church leader. Because he was a great church leader. And, and I'll be a greater carer of people. So that will make me a better husband. It will make me a, a better parent. But the goal is not those things. The goal ultimately is to be like Christ. And I know if I'm like Christ, I'll be more generous because Je- Jesus didn't give a tenth of his life. He gave his all. He gave his whole life. And I, I want to be more like him. And so we've been asking for over a month now as a church for us to consider what it is that we could give financially because we knew this day was coming. And we've been asking you to prayerfully and carefully consider what it is that you may be able to give, what you may be able to forego in the next 12 months in order to bring an offering to God. It will not equal the same amount, but there should be equal sacrifice. But we don't want it to be just out of hype or motivation. And so we've given you time to think about and to pray about that we might become more like him. See, true Christianity is not I must. Christianity is I choose. The tomorrow you is made by today's decisions of yes or no. Which brings me to my second point. Number two, it's commitment. Not just consideration, but commitment. And commitment simply means the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. You see, church, nothing great is ever built without a great commitment. You can't have a great marriage without a great commitment. You can't have a great family without a great commitment to that family. And you can't have a great church without a great commitment to that local church. See, talk alone doesn't change the world. Actions do. It was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus came that the Messiah was to come and save the world. Jesus came and spoke of the fact that he was the Messiah. But those words alone never changed the world. It wasn't just his words, it's what he did. And it was that moment when Jesus went on the cross and there he was, a bloody mess. And he said these words, it is finished. And that's a lesson for each and every one of us believers in Christ. When are we going to finish what we started? It is finished. Jesus didn't say, it's getting too hard, I'm out of here. He said, it is finished. He saw it through to the end. And the result was a hurting, helpless, harassed humanity was saved because of his sacrifice, because of the finished work of the cross. And so we're asking not only for us to consider this time, but also to commit to that which we've thought about giving at this time. If we do what God is asking us to do, then we will have what God wants us to have. And it brings me to my last point this morning, collaboration. I didn't know whether to put collaboration or community because to me they're intertwined. But collaboration simply means to work with a person or group in order to achieve or do something. The reality is, church, we can achieve more together than we can individually. God has placed a dream in our heart. 
He's given us a mission and a mandate. And that mission and mandate is beyond what the faithful few can do. We need all hands on deck. We need people actively pursuing God at this time and making a commitment to help us make a difference in the world that God has placed us in. I believe that with all the technology that is around and the incredible blessing that that is to us, the fact that we can listen to seven different preachers uh, on seven different days from all around the world, and I'm so grateful for that. I take advantage of that, and I'm sure many of you do too. But know this, that will never replace the local church. God's heart behind the local church was to create a sense of community. And as much as you may love certain men and women who preach in America or the UK or other parts of the world, I can promise you this, with all due respect, they don't know you. You say, I love Joyce Meyer. I love Stephen Fair. That's great. But they don't know you. They certainly don't know the problems you're going through. They're certainly not the ones who are giving you the hug and wiping your tears. The local church provides that platform and that place of community. And it's as we work together, that community gets stronger and stronger. And that's why for us, one of our values is small groups because as our church grows larger and larger, you can get lost in the size of this church. But we have a pathway for that problem and that pathway is connect groups. And if you are not part of a connect group, I would say, please, please understand this is a value of ours. Get connected to a connect group so that you can have a, a, a small, tight-knit community within the bigger community of the local church that is Victory Church. I get excited about that. I, I'm reminded this morning of that incredible moment where Peter caught this incredible haul of fish. He just basically was obedient to Jesus, threw his nets out into the water and lo and behold, his nets were full of fish, so much so that the nets were about to break. And here's the miracle, you've got to get this. This fisherman calls another fisherman to come and help him. That's a miracle. No fisherman ever gives away his fishing spot, ever. If you know anything about fishing, and if you don't, that's fine, no condemnation. It just means you're a normal person that doesn't get caught up in weird sports. But here they were, asking for the help of another fisherman, giving away their fishing spot creating a sense of collaboration, working together, a community that can achieve more together than they can independently. See, had Peter not called John over, he would have lost a lot. But by getting help, he was able to save the catch. All he had to do is surrender his fishing spot. And what I love about community is that we get to share our secrets. It's like, man, you got such a great marriage. What did you do? And we get to share what it is that we did. Man, you're great parents. Can you give me some help? And that happens in community. And we give away our secrets. We give up our fishing spots. This is the heart of God, that we would work together and achieve more. The kingdom of God is not established on the few gifted people, but on many willing hearts. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 